Perfect. everybody and welcome to episode two of the Reaction Therapy Podcast. I am your resident psychotherapist, Tom Stevens, here with my son, Nick Stevens, the engineer, producer, director of the show. And we are pumped today because we get a chance to talk personally to you about a specific topic. This show is going to be crazy good. I can't wait for it. Nick, what do you have? Li- First of all, how are you doing? What do you have lined up today? You know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Um, we're, I'm ready to get going on this topic. So, yeah, today is going to look a little different than episode one. So if you haven't checked out episode one, um, it is out on YouTube right now. So go check it out. And if you want to see a behind the scenes episode from episode one, go check it out on Patreon. So that's what yes. I have to say first to plug that. But yeah, today's going to be a really fun show, Tom. I'm really looking forward to it. This is going to be a mental health topic day. So we're going to be able to talk about a mental health topic. Last week, we kind of did the history of reaction therapy. We'll get into that in future episodes. But today is going to be a mental health topic. So I know, very different than last time where we yeah. just covered part of the first two weeks of reaction therapy starting, which was so cool to reminisce and go back. We're going to come back and follow up with weeks three and four, weeks five and six. We're going to take two week increments with that. So every now and then we'll talk about the history of reaction therapy. And if we're not doing that, we're either going to interview an artist, which is going to be amazing. That would be awesome. Or we're going to talk about a specific mental health topic. And let me tell you, this is our chance, right, to expand upon what we do in the reactions. Because I might watch a really sad or a really tragic or a really intense video that has to do with relationships or addiction or trauma or something like that. And I can talk for a little bit, but those reactions can't go on forever. This is our chance to talk more in depth about what everybody in the comments asks about. I know. Yeah, that's true. The comments are crazy sometimes. And it's this is this gives us a platform to be able to gonna answer some of those. Yeah. Also in the later, later, eh, wow. Uh okay, I'm awake. Uh later in the show we're gonna be able to um answer some questions that y'all have had um through our community tab. So be looking out on YouTube for the community tab because you'll be able to every now and then get your question answered. So yeah, be on the lookout for that. Like we love that segment in the show, the questions to be able to answer that you might ask about us, yeah. what we do, different artists, different inspirations, about anything. Yeah. And so today's mental health topic is actually going to, going to be anxiety. Yep. Um, so, but before we get into that heaviness, let's talk about something different. I don't really want to talk about anxiety okay. right now. What is Let, it? Let's go and let's just talk about vacation. We're about to go on vacation oh, yes. as we're recording this. We are in the middle of our vacation as you were watching this. So let's just talk about kind of vacation, yeah. how that's kind of a stress relief for some people. And how it can kind of relieve some anxiety. Yes. The travel, you know, we can talk about summer because it's summer now, but travel period, going on any vacation can be like a tremendously hopeful, uplifting. It's a great time because everybody gets to get away and have a good time. And it does kind of help us reset, hits a reset button. I mean, there's plenty of stress that goes with vacation. There's plenty of pressure that goes with vacation. But by and large, when people actually take a trip, and go somewhere they really want to go, and they're with people they really want to be with, vacation can be amazing. Because you know what it does? It takes you out of your normal routine. It allows you a chance to do things you wouldn't normally do, like just entertainment, or land by a beach, or skiing in the mountains, or fishing on a lake, or just so many different things that can be done that you normally don't get to do. And it's actually also a reward for people a lot of times. A chance to sit back and rest from our work, and be able to just chill out, have fun, listen to music, read a book, go on a walk, all kinds of different things. I love yeah. the idea of vacation. I personally do. But I always tell people, look, Nick, people love going to Disney World, let's say. If you went and lived at Disney World, it wouldn't be a month or two later before you're like, I want to move away from this yeah. place because these people are stressing me out. I've seen all the rides. I've done all the things. But when you go every now and then, if you go once a year, if you go once every other year, yeah. vacations can be tremendous, but they're not meant to be our daily lives. Yes. I, I totally agree with that. I think for me, um, I like the the word to describe vacation when people say getaway. I think that's a perfect yeah. word to describe there it because it's like you're just getting away for a little bit. You're not you're not staying there for super long. And actually, this vacation we're going on is the longest vacation we've ever been on before. Ever. Uh, it's like two weeks. And so that that's going to be really interesting to see how we go about it, because usually 
when people go on vacation, they are just going for like, you know, four or five days sometimes, maybe it's even less than that. So to go on vacation for two weeks is going to be interesting because we'll probably get into a habit of like doing things, which is weird. But I think you're spot on when you say vacation is not meant to be forever. It's supposed to be a getaway. And I think it can really relieve some stress, especially to begin summer. And I think that's so cool about summer is that those first couple of weeks of summer, it's like everybody looks forward to it because it's just a little getaway yeah. that you can just not have stress. So and kudos to Nick. Like this is a celebration trip vacation sure. because Nick just graduated college and we wanted to be able to give him, we're actually going to do that at spring break, but timing didn't work out. We want to give him a trip that honors the fact that he finished college. He did it amazingly well with very high honors and he did it in a very quick period of time. And we just want to celebrate like we'll do with Tony too. We want to celebrate you and, and we let Nick pick exactly what he wanted to do, where he wanted to go. And Jill, my wife, amazingly said, well, let's just book this thing out as long as we can. And yeah. let's really sit back and relax because sometimes we've been on trips, mm-hmm. three, four, five days. And it's like, oh my gosh, we got to get everything in we can. We got to move constantly. We can't sit down and settle. And now we get a chance to actually have multiple days where we're, maybe we're just chilling out and doing yeah. nothing and that will be fun yeah a lot of times it feels like when you're on vacation it's like you gotta just move 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 and it's really important even on vacation i think it's really important to have times where you're just like enjoying where you are yeah. and what you're doing because totally if agree. you're if you're just moving like non-stop you're not going to be able to enjoy it as much so i feel like Oh, Two weeks man. is awesome. I you can't get a wait. Chance to play golf. With oh Nick. gosh, I haven't played golf in so long, and I want so to much. So go to a place you've never been to play yeah. golf. That's kind of our stress relief. Yes, for we sure. We really love doing that. Even though it makes us stressed out when we're playing because we are not very. Or at least I am not yeah. very good. So, so we got that good food. We love eating out places. To have a chance to be able to lay by a beach and just relax and take our time and just. Yeah really reset because we work very hard at reaction therapy and we want to keep working hard. And one of the ways I tell people to keep working hard, number one is to love what you do. Number two is to put everything you have into it, but don't make it your everything in life where you sacrifice relationships and things that are higher priorities. And number three, be able to reward yourself so that you want to keep working to get another reward, another vacation, another chance to get away. So I'm pumped. I can't wait for it. But this show is most important to me right now. I cannot wait for this. Yeah. So before we get into anxiety, I'm still, I'm not quite ready. I need to, you know, chill out a little bit more. What are you looking most forward to on this vacation? On this vacation? Yeah. Relaxation. I'm looking forward to a chance to not be tied down by the work I do, the calls I have, emails, text messages, things that I have to respond to every single day. Also, we'll get a break a little bit from taping with this show because y'all don't realize, but we have a pretty regular thorough schedule. I think we react as much or more than any other reactor as far as combining YouTube and Patreon. And so we're on a pretty tight schedule and Nick is great at keeping us ahead of schedule. So we're actually taping to where we can go on vacation and not worry about taping while we're gone. Yeah, thank you, Nick. You're welcome. You've been a workhorse lately. And I, I feel bad, but at the same time, I know you're going to thank me when we're on vacation and don't have to worry about it because it's a lot to get, to get ahead. It's really crazy when you look at schedules and how just everything in general, when you go on vacation, you have to either, you're either going to pay for it when you get back or you have to work ahead. So you don't have to pay for it as much when you get back. So that's one thing about, so to finish that, I I am looking forward very much to just sitting on a beach and relaxing. I love just the idea of doing nothing like that. I'm a big guy with that, but I also am looking forward to time with Nick playing golf. I'm looking forward to time with Tony going on walks on the beaches and going out and getting breakfast in the morning Mm. uh, because a lot of times we're the first two up. I'm just looking forward to and time with my wife to be able and, you know, we're all together, the four of us on this trip, but Jill and I can go out, sit by ourselves on the beach, float in the water, walk along the beach. And really it is one of our loves of spending time together and the boys can do their thing and we're going to have a blast. So I cannot wait for the relaxation. Man, I can't either. What are you waiting for? Looking forward to the most with this trip? You know, it is kind of my, my trip. In a way, I mean, it's all of our trips, but it was my choice to go to where we're going. And I think just honestly, just enjoying time. I think because it's 
two weeks long. Yeah. I think just being able to enjoy different aspects of it. Obviously, golf is my number one. Food is a very, very close second just to be able to eat places. Um, but just those two things, but also just being able to do multiple things and not feel rushed, I think yeah. will be kind of my favorite thing yeah. about the trip. So yeah. I'm looking forward to, to be it. able to get away from college, the dorm room life, the food that you oh, have gosh. there, the yeah. routine you have, and to be able to finally realize you are done. You're free. This is great. Yeah. Can't wait. So I can't wait for that. Okay. I think I'm more ready now. Let's do it. Feeling some anxiety. anxiety. Gosh, you know, I get pumped and people will look at me like, man, PTSD, trauma stress, anxiety. I get excited because it's something that can actually help people have and live better lives. So that's why I get excited. Not because anxiety is awesome, but because we can do something about it. Okay. So camera fully on me. We're going to get into this. So basically what this is going to be is a little Q and a with Tom, like Tom's my guest. So Tom is now my guest. I am the host of this show and I'm going to ask him some questions and I'm a little nervous. I, this could be a two hour long podcast because when you get tom going there's no stopping so i'm gonna do my best to stop stop him when we need to yes sir yeah you do that all right let's get in your lead okay let's go so first question is basically what is anxiety and how does it start in a person yeah i try to break this down like very simply right i don't want to give this long psychobabble explanation out of the dsm-5 which is our manual for diagnosing. I don't want to get into all that. I'd rather talk regular terms. And and anxiety typically is just this unexpected shock to the system that you didn't see coming that all of a sudden makes you question. It all of a sudden makes you worry. It all of a sudden makes you unsure. And when that happens, and that could be from uh, stress in life with finances or relationship, that could be a car accident that happens that now all of a sudden makes you very nervous. That could be from worrying about your job and whether you're going to get laid off. That can be so, and it can be also from seeing things on social media that worry you, that especially with recent events that have happened. So anxiety basically shocks your system and what you were confident and comfortable with before you are now not, you are unsure. So anxiety can hit an athlete, right? When they try to shoot the last second shot in a game and they miss. And now they feel like the next game comes and they get to the last second. They might be really anxious where they never were worried before, but now all of a sudden they're really worried, stressed, and anxious about it. So easiest way I thought of it, Nick, to describe this was picture the boogeyman when young children grow up, right? The boogeyman is, is that kind of ghost or monster that's in your room that you think is under your bed or in your closet that's going to come out. It's not actually real, right? It's not, it's not actually a boogeyman there. But it's an entity that children will feel like, I am worried, I'm scared, something might happen, and I'm going to feel unsafe. And so they want reassurance, and they want comfort, and they want to feel, but they still have this underlying, oh, is this boogeyman for real? Is there something under my bed? And they don't want to look. That's one example. And the second one I thought of was the hiccups. Like the reality that anybody's ever had the hiccups, right? We've all had those. When you have the hiccups, do you ever realize it's hard to know when they're going to stop? It's hard to know when the next one's going to come. Like you might have it a minute apart. It might be 10 seconds apart. And so everybody starts to get a little bit of this anxiety, especially if you're like speaking like right now, if I got them, or if you are with somebody who's really important to you on a date or something and and you are like, you can't get rid of these things and everybody has remedies. I have a pretty good one actually that I think has been a no fail hiccup remedy. But if you look at hiccups, right, you don't know when it's coming. And all of a sudden you have this doubt in your mind of I am now stuck with this and I don't think it's going to go away. So when you take those two examples of the boogeyman and the hiccups, those define anxiety. It's something that now is in your life and in your mind and in your body that, man, let me tell you, it was not there before, but now all of a sudden there's doubt. That can be tough. Can I ask you, what is your hiccup remedy? I'm curious. You really want to know that? Yeah, I do. I should have saved that for something else. My hiccup remedy that has never failed. It actually a client the other day had the hiccups in my office and it went away right in front of me. Wow. So, and it's standard. Everybody has their own kind of thing. Yeah. I'm leaning upside down and doing stuff. Mine is basically take a drink, take a glass of water, like just regular room temperature water. And you drink water, 10 swallows, 10. Doesn't have to be big gulps, like just 10 swallows of water straight without breathing. Don't stop, just go gulp, 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 all the way to 10. 
and then put the water down and sit there, sit very still and just breathe normal breaths. Don't try to test it. Don't try to cough. Don't try to laugh. Don't try to do any, just for about a minute, just sit there really calmly, let your body breathe and they will go away. I'm telling you, try it out and you'd be amazed. I don't know what I do whenever I have the hiccups. I literally just hold my breath until I feel like I'm about to pass out. And usually it goes away. See, well, you have your own. See, yeah, that's your remedy. Like, just hold it in as long as you possibly can. You might have to do it a couple times. Yeah, but it works for me usually. When I whenever. isn't it frustrating though when you get the hiccups and they it's won't so go away even when you try that remedy. Yes. That's why I said it's so similar to anxiety because it's like you all of a sudden start doubting. Like maybe it's just not going to go away, and I get irritated, I get frustrated. Some people get sad. Some people get stressed out, and this it will do it to you. Anxiety does that interesting oh my goodness wow well speaking of um anxiety and kind of the hiccups how does anxiety reveal itself well my question as far as like i'm assuming you're saying how does it show up like if somebody gets anxiety all of a sudden and and let's just say um i'm in a car accident and all of a sudden i'm just nervous about driving i'm fine i can go drive again but you know, I kind of get nervous about thinking, ooh, today I've got to drive back through that neighborhood where I was in that car accident, and that's kind of making me nervous. That uh, same thing can happen with food poisoning. You know, you get this idea of eating again, and it feels there's just this anxiety. It doesn't have to be horrible, but I think it comes out in three ways. I think it comes out through thoughts. I think it comes out through feelings. And I think it comes out through behaviors, honestly. And with thoughts, what I mean is we start doubting ourselves, and we start having these thoughts that it's going to happen again. And then when it comes out in feelings, all of a sudden in our, in our body, we start to feel unsure, nervous, shaky stomach, stress in the head. Our body starts to get a little bit nervous and we feel like scared. We feel worried. We feel unsure of what's going on. And when those feelings start stirring up, you know, the thoughts are beliefs, right? The thoughts are like, oh, this is going to happen again. I just wonder when it's going to happen again, because I had this now. And all of a sudden that anxiety is going to come back. I know it. I know it's going to come back. That's different than the feelings, which are I'm nervous. I'm anxious. I am feeling like something might happen and my body's reacting to it. And then the last piece is in the behavior. So we might compensate. You'll see people with a lot of anxiety who will avoid certain situations. They might not go out or if they're in a restaurant and they start to get anxious, they might go uh, to the restroom and they might go outside and they might walk away. You see people change their routines. You see people, people avoid certain things. And so you will stop your daily life routine. Remember thoughts, feelings, behaviors, typically the way if you see somebody that's got anxiety going on and doesn't have to be super intense, but just any anxiety, you're usually going to see it come out in the, and that's how I see it in people. Even that I don't know, I can tell kind of that person seems a little bit anxious because I'll see it in the way that they talk about their beliefs. I'll see it in the way that they they express their feelings or the way that their behavior shows. Yeah. Those yeah. three things. I, I, I totally agree with I that. I could talk all day about this, Nick. Yeah. I mean, I just love this because the more educated you are in understanding it, the uh-huh. more you can do something with it. Yeah. I think, and this kind of leads into the next question, but I'm going to try to keep it separate mm-hmm. is with the behavior, um, how you can totally see it in other people. Uh, behavior is a huge thing. Like when you see people, you can kind of tell if something's not right with them. Yeah. And that kind of leads to the next question, which is if a person has anxiety, how can you tell that they have it? And I feel like you can, most of the time their outward behaviors is how you can tell. I know, especially when I see like friends or even family, even you or my brother or whoever, I can kind of tell something's not right. Like they're probably, probably, it's kind of like you can see through their behaviors, what they're thinking, which yeah. is two of the things you mentioned. Yeah. And I think probably you can talk about it as a college student. There's a lot of anxiety there. People are moving away. They're not at home. You see new freshmen that come in, they yeah. kind of get worried about leaving home. Or you've seen people who have really high stress with school situations that yeah. happen or life situations, and they've got to balance school and life and they're away from home. And when you see that, it's you start to see, wow, that person is like, you know, staying really isolated. They're staying in their room a lot. They're not, they don't seem relaxed and comfortable. They're not as like happy go lucky anymore. You start to see that. Yeah. All in the behaviors. Yeah. I've had friends who have had a lot of anxiety and, um, and that that's totally true with how they behave. Like 
like oh where's this person oh they're they're in their room it's yeah. like oh they they must be dealing with yeah. something you know and I'm, i i think also because i'm a therapist son that i can kind of tell through people right. more than the average person i can kind of tell but yeah i will tell you this though there are probably more people with anxiety that you can't tell than there are that, with. That's interesting. So when you look at that, I see it in my office all the time when I tell people, wow, you are describing so much high level intense anxiety that I wouldn't even recognize. If I saw you in the street in a restaurant or somewhere else, you look completely put together like everything is okay. I know it's not. I see that and I'm hearing it. But I, I, you will see more people in life that have high anxiety that you cannot tell than people that are just obvious. So remember that. So sometimes when you say, how do, how do we notice it? Sometimes we don't, sometimes we can't tell yeah. people that have it. And so also people don't want to bring it out. Right. That's I mean, people totally are embarrassed. True. I agree. I mean, what, something that I thought of was fake it till you make it. And a lot of people just yep. will literally like, they don't want to show that they have anxiety. So they yeah. will do everything they can to kind of help their image. Yeah. Like they don't want, they don't want to show and I think even the people, the people that look the most put together, most likely have some pretty yeah. deep anxiety, probably because they have a high self-image and they don't want, not in a way that they want a good a high yeah. self-image, a self-image that's like more braggy yeah. and like I don't want people to think see that my flaws basically. And just to be fair, like there is more anxiety in the world today than ever. This generation is yeah. dealing with it more, and we'll talk about that I think in a little bit probably. Because when there's this much anxiety going on, we learn to just function in it normally. You know, there was a thing I, I learned when I was early on in my career, because I worked a lot with young children, and we, we've studied the brain. We know a lot about the brain today. We never did before. But when children have a high-stress anxiety, abusive, neglectful environment at home, a lot of yelling and screaming that happens at home, uh, the schedule and the routine's all out of whack, and children are just filled with more anxiety, say a five-year-old. They go in to school and they sit in a circle with all the other students, the other five-year-old students. And when they sit next to them, you many times cannot tell which child has the higher anxiety because they function on the outside very much like everybody else. But on the inside, it's like this, best descriptor I can give. It's like if I took my eyeballs and I opened them up like this, it's like, that's a hyper alert state, right? So young children, and this is true for adults too, but I'm just describing it in children. Young children who can't communicate much about what's going on, they will be internally in a hyper alert state. Where's the next anxiety provoking things? Where's the next fight? Where's something gonna go wrong? Where, who do I need to look out for that da there's danger around? And especially in some of these music videos we've seen or music or songs that we've seen, there is a lot of guns, violence, aggression, addiction, trauma all over the place where People, I mean, G Herbo talked about it, where he would go to school the next day after seeing somebody shot the day before. So you get in this hyper alert state, right? And so their mind can't focus on the teacher or the lesson, but they look like they're there. So it, the teacher's gonna think they're not paying attention. They don't care, they're not trying. Really, internally, they're just in panic mode. And when you've experienced high anxiety, you go to situations, you might know friends or, or colleagues or people that you live around, family members, friends, who have a lot of anxiety, that they look totally put together, but they they aren't taking as much in. So when you look at that, sometimes they just, it's hard to tell. You can't tell. Sometimes they're embarrassed. They don't want to say it. And then other times, like I said, it just looks, well, I don't think I said this, but it looks like strange behavior. Yeah. It looks like, wow, they're not acting the way they normally do. They're not out, like you said, like they normally come to dinner with us and they haven't been all week. They're not uh, speaking more as positively as they used to. A lot of stuff's negative. So look for those things. And I think a great point you mentioned was how people just might not look like they're totally with it. Like they might, they might seem, they, they might be present, but it's not like they're, it's like they're not taking in information like a kid at school, kind of like you said. And um, our brains are amazing, and God is, has true. created such amazing brains. Yes. We just heard a message at church the other day about our eye and how it's made. Yeah. Incredible right. how, and that's uh, our pastor probably didn't even mention everything about the eye, but it's incredible. Our brains are amazing, but we really struggle to multitask. And when we're thinking about anxieties around mm -hmm. us, it's hard for us to focus. And I th thought that was interesting how 
our minds can only do so much, especially when you have a major trauma in your life and you're thinking about anxiety. It's really hard to be totally present and then totally thinking about that anxiety at the same so time. So true. That's a good point, Nick, because it goes into panic mode and it starts saving areas that could further be damaged. It's, it's kind of like your car or something will shut down before yeah. it actually blows up because it's protecting other yeah. parts. It may not function anymore, but I think people with anxiety do that. Mm -hmm. They they have these areas or our brain does it to where it like shuts down. And that's what we call dissociation when we like shut down and we can't take any more uh, information or data in because it's too overwhelming, too overloaded. Like you look at school shootings or trauma or violence lately, you see that and people learn to cope by just not even feeling like your body becomes numb. That happens in an accident, right? When you say somebody's in shock from an accident, like your arm is bleeding like crazy, but they don't feel it. That's a good point. When that yeah. happens, they are their, their body registers it, but it's protecting that person from completely breaking down. Yeah, I heard somebody one time say, I think it was a YouTuber who said like when he tore his ACL, how he literally said he couldn't feel it. Like he was, his yeah. body was in mm -hmm. so much shock that he didn't even know. He couldn't even feel yeah. the injury. It was that, it was either that, that painful intense. or yep. that intense that his body would not let him yeah. feel it or else it would have shut down, yeah. I guess. I don't know. No kidding. It's an interesting point. I guess. Unbelievable. Full screen again to me. I, this camera angle thing is so cool. Love it. This Definitely is so it. great. Yeah. Nick, you're doing a great job. But so like, what can people do? Kind of once anxiety hits, what can they do about it? I think obviously you're going to say go to therapy, but what can people do when they have anxiety, like when they first get it? Well, and I think that's all. There's also an important point with that. It's true. Go to therapy, get help from a good therapist, not just anybody. If they're not good, don't go back to them, but keep looking for somebody that really is good and knows what they're talking about. The key though is it depends on whether it's a situational anxiety or a, a chronic anxiety. Situational is more like I said, it's a car accident. Like you've been driving fine, everything's been great, and then all of a sudden, bam, I was in this car accident and I've just lost my mojo. Situational is an athlete that all of a sudden misses at the last second or doesn't come through and now they've got kind of the yips and they can't really perform. Situational is a breakup that happens that you didn't expect and you're really sad and you've got a lot of anxiety. Situational is a job where you uh, fear losing your job because because of the economy and people have been laid off lately and you might be the next one. Those are all situations that occur that create the anxiety. Chronic is more people that have grown up with it or around it. Or let's say you've lived for years with a particular type of anxiety that that has crippled you and you haven't been able to feel competent. You haven't been able to stay in your normal routine. You Children who grow up in abusive, neglectful, or high-stress environments when they're younger, they have been used to that for years. And so they function more typically, normally, in a high-anxiety situation. People who grow up with no anxiety in their home, stable, consistent, they actually panic like crazy when anxiety hits in. If you've grown up in a, an anxiety-provoking situation when you're younger, you can function totally fine with it, okay? So it depends on whether it's situational or chronic. Chronic meaning it's been around for months, years. Situational means, gosh, if this situation hadn't happened, I really wouldn't have any anxiety. You know, yeah. when somebody has a death in the family or somebody has a scary accident that happens, that's what it. Yeah, what I was meaning. thinking just like when you said that I've been in one car wreck um, and I think I still every time I drive by that same road, I have that kind of PTSD anxiety. It's like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Let's uh so, let's get in the other lane here. Let's not let's not drive in the same way we were. Let's not, you know, do the same yeah. thing I was doing. I mean I wasn't doing anything wrong. Uh -huh. It was not my fault. But let's just try to avoid it. And I, I will avoid that road as much as I can just because it's scary. And that's an example of situational, I think, just because it's that one situation mm -hmm. that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be dealing with right. it. So I think And also if you're away from that, if you move to another state or something and you're never yeah. at that intersection again, it would not bother you. Yeah. Okay. That's a very different scenario. So yeah. situational is key. If it's chronic, you need to, I mean, look, the longer you go without treating anxiety, the harder it is to make it well. So just need y'all to know that if it goes days, weeks, even months, sometimes it's much more doable than when it happens for years and nobody can do anything about that. But look, you have to be able to pay attention to it as soon as you can. And the second piece is what you said, which is to get help. But it's beyond just getting help. 
from a professional. It's change. Look, when we have a lot of high anxiety, people tend to ramp up, speed up, and their life is affected by it. I tell people, slow down, fill your schedule with fewer things. Don't do as much. Maybe cancel one appointment or one practice or, you know, an outing that you were going to do with people if you're just going to be put in a high stress environment. If going out and doing something like that is good for you, going out for a job, going out to exercise, great, do that. But try to minimize what you're doing. Don't continue on with life as normal where you're just going and going and going because it won't give you time to like settle down. So you want to stay in a stable member. Balance keeps me stable. You want to stay in a stable, steady routine. Your sleep, have steady rest, do some exercise, which is it's even walking and you're eating. You want to balance out life. When anxiety gets really high, I tell people, slow down, don't speed up. Yeah, I really love the first thing you said, honestly, about, man, I'm really bad at this. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. I think what I was going to say was about just before, it was before the balance. Can you remind me what you were saying? Well, just getting help and keeping, to slow down rather than speed up. Fill your life with fewer things rather than more things yeah it'll come back to me eventually i totally i totally lost it um but so yeah i guess it wasn't that's what my mom always says she's like if you can't remember it it must not have been that important it'll come back it was important mom anyway (laughs) but the key there being you want to pay attention to there are things out of your control that you can't fix this with you need help with and one of the ways to help is to get support from the outside the other is to change your life circumstance change your routine slow things down a little bit and keep everything in balance. And that's just like the hiccups, right? Yeah. Just slow down and breathe for a minute. Don't try to laugh. Don't try to cough. Just let the hiccups settle for about a minute and sit still. Yeah. And kind of my example with hiccups is about just holding your breath until they go away. Not exactly the same example. Don't hold your breath until your anxiety goes away, but deal with it immediately. (laughs) Don't let it keep going on because it's just going to get worse. And I think that was actually kind of my point was, about to deal with it as soon as you get to yeah. it. And that was kind of what you mentioned. I think that's a, a great huge, point. That's exactly point. what I said. Do it as soon yeah. as you can. It, if you wait days or weeks, it's totally doable. If you wait months or years, it gets yeah. very hard to do. It's almost like a habit. Nick learned this as a basketball player when he was younger, that when you form habits of how you shoot or run or do things, they're very hard to undo later in life. Yes. So you yeah, have to be able to. My, I don't know if you can see it. I don't shoot like normal. My arm like is out like here. I just want to give that example. I and I cannot fix it. My arm is gonna be like this. Your arm's supposed to be straight like to the basket anyway, but my arm is like this, and that's kind of the habit thing is I've and I tried out in high school, and my coach uh, or my my would be coach if I would have stayed. Obviously, I didn't stay because I wouldn't be telling the story. But my coach there was like, you need to like you need to put your arm in. And I'm like, I've, I don't shoot that way. And so it was just, I think that was a moment where I'm like, okay, basketball is kind of done for me. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's so, so true to get, to get into good habits. Yeah. So, yeah. Totally agree with that. So let's talk about now. Let's talk about now kind of some real life examples. It's like, we've talked about like all these kind of like, I don't want to say theory stuff, but also this like how, what, what is anxiety? How do you deal with it? What are some real life examples that you have seen with clients or just yeah. in real life? Yeah. One of the things we already talked about a little earlier, when I'd said that about children, children, when they grow up in a really high, intense, high stress, high crisis environment, they will be used to chronic anxiety. They are just comfortable. Uh, People who children who grow up staying at home until they go to kindergarten compared to children who grow up in a child care center grow up very differently many times. And when you grow up in a child care center, sometimes they're there from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. The parents have to work. It, it, there's nothing we can do about it. And there's there's a good and a bad to everything, right? The good in that is they grow up more independent, more confident, more capable in terms of handling situations and adjustments. The bad is that they grow up with a lot of activity around them. You're looking at 15 other children around you. You're looking at changes in routines. And at home, when a child just stays home, the good is they have the stable, the consistency, the quiet, the calm, the the ability to just kind of have a soft, slow daily life routine. But the bad is they don't have the exposure to the world the way everybody else does. So good and bad and everything. But some we already talked about was when people grow up in 
high stress environments. And if you've been in a work environment, let's say, Nick, you get out of school, you have a job and you work in a career, it's high stress. If, and you haven't been used to that before, you work there for a year, you're going to be used to being ramped up all the time, stressed out all the time and not be able to handle it. And when that happens, those are real life examples of how anxiety can get created without you even knowing it. Remember, anxiety isn't just created out of something obvious. Sometimes it's something subtle. It can be a relationship that you're in. So that's one example. The other is social media. Like I get on this all the time and I know we're on YouTube and Patreon and all that stuff and social media, but there can be some good. The bad is that our world today is turned on more than it ever has been. And I don't think people pay attention to it because when we didn't have it, we didn't worry about what we didn't have. So we lived our life where it turned off at the end of the day. It turned off on the weekend. Now, with social media and technology on all the time, there is constant stimulation and there is a constant visual of what will make us feel better or feel worse, feel more stressed or feel more calm. And many times we swipe, we flip around, we switch constantly between programs, between apps, between texting, between FaceTime, between Snapchat, between social media, that it actually ups anxiety. You know this, like everybody knows this if you look at it. I always tell you, people go on social media to feel good, they come off social media feeling worse. And it's because it's a vacuum of emotional energy and time where we actually got nothing out of it. Yeah, and I don't wanna go into a different topic here, but it's just like any kind of addiction or any kind of like thing, habit that you have that isn't good. Like you go in feeling, you wanna feel, it makes you, it's that craving you have. And then once you're done with it, you feel like crap, which yeah. sorry for saying that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's true. I, I thought of TikTok when you said that. Yeah. It's like, it's the best and, and for me, I was thinking example. about it. It's like, yeah, I'm on TikTok. I'm on TikTok probably too much, but you can get on TikTok at eight in the morning. You can get TikTok at 4 a.m. It doesn't yeah, ever it doesn't stop. End. Yeah. <laughs> They're just content. And just how we were saying, we were saying this um, a few hours ago about how, our how our reaction therapy channel how we're never going to run out of content yeah and it's something that's totally true with like any social media there's always more things yeah Yeah, there is an always on society going right now always on yeah and that doesn't mean good remember last week when we talked about just because you can doesn't mean you should just because it's there doesn't mean you should look at it or get on it and and oh to see people in my waiting room who wait for 10, 15 minutes before their appointment comes. Who aren't on their phone. Who aren't on their phones. Or they bring their children in to see me. And they sit down on the couch and the child sits down on the floor. We have toys in there and they play with the toys and the parent sits in the chair on their phone and not leaning down to play with their child just for 10 minutes. Yeah, but also it used to be, I even 10 years ago or so, I remember how you would always have magazines. Yes. And... I doubt any parents ever read magazines. We have magazines, children's books, and I'll see even children come into my waiting room now who just sit on their phone or iPad and watch videos. And we're losing a lot with this, y'all. I love social media in terms of providing good content that actually can help feed people. But we have got to learn to turn some of this off because just having social media around you all the time will increase anxiety. I promise you, just go on a trip in the mountains, away from any connectivity whatsoever. Yeah. And you tell me the difference in how you feel at the end of the week when you stay there. Yeah, you probably, you'll probably will go through some withdrawals at the beginning, yes. but towards the middle and the end, I bet you're going to feel you good. You will. You'll, have, you'll experience life. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, so any final thoughts before we get into the next Well, I wanted one day? more thing okay, on that, Sorry. that I piece gun, of how to notice it. You know me, i got to get all my stuff in. But just remember this, everybody. Anxiety can creep in when the expectations we feel in life, whether it's from a job or a relationship or, you know, financial stress or anything that if there is an expectation placed upon us, whether it's real or not, and it exceeds what we feel like we can actually offer or give or do about it, anxiety will creep in. And let me just re-explain that. When we go in and we're in a job, we feel like the expectations from our boss or our company are more than we can actually do. Anxiety will creep in. When we have a sporting event and we feel like, I remember coaching, I coached middle school girls basketball for a while, which I loved. I love coaching girls in basketball because they're fighters, they're tough, they, 
They really go at it. I had this one little girl and I told her, I want you to go in. I want you to be point guard. You're going to dribble the ball up. You're going to take control of it. And these are girls who don't have tons of skill, right? They're trying to learn how to play basketball. And she looked at me. She said, coach, I don't know that I can do this because I've never been in that position before. And I'm afraid they're going to take it from me, the ball. And I said, girl, look, I said her name, but I said, I want you to know I'm putting you out there because I believe in you. And if you don't do it, it's okay. If you don't, if you dribble the ball and lose it, if they steal it, it's okay. Because I just want you to try. I want you to have a good time. I believe in you. I think you can do it. And I can't wait to see you get out there and do it. But if not, don't worry about it. It's okay. And she looked at me and she said, I got this coach. And she went out there and she dribbled the ball and stayed point guard the rest of the season. And she was a fighter and she was tough. And I knew she had it in her. But when the expectations in the beginning exceeded what she thought she could do when I just asked her to do that. And then at the end, my expectations placed on her went down. She realized, oh, I'm not expected to be awesome and amazing. I'll go out there and just try my best. Boom, it happens. So remember, when expectations exceed what we think we can provide or perform, that will make anxiety creep in. So we need to pull back and pay attention to that. A good therapist will help you do that. Yeah, that's a really great point. That brought me back uh, memories there. Cause I remember, I remember those days I would show up with you for practice yeah. and just like help out when I needed to, or I just yep. loved going to the gym back then. And I still do, but so fun. What a good memory. Good memories. All right. Any final thoughts on anxiety? Final thoughts. That was a lot of download. What do you think? Yeah, I think we should just let it sit. I think, honestly, I think anxiety is something that everybody deals with. But what, I, I what, think... what is Tom going to say? Like, okay. you, I'll, I'll ask you this on the spot questions and you okay. ask me on the spot questions. Right. What is Tom going to say if somebody comes up to me on the street and says, hey, I've had a lot of anxiety. What do you think? Just, I know I can't just erase and go away today, but what's something I can do to be able to help my situation? Well, I would say to look at, you know, the situation around it and change your habits. I think that's the first thing is to change your routine, maybe change what you do. Um, if you, if it happened to be, you know, in your car, if you got in a wreck or yeah. something, maybe change stuff about that yep. i don't know i don't Slow know exactly down, what but just yeah. go a different route maybe for a few days just yeah. to let your body settle you don't have to be forced to be back into the stress i don't mean avoid it forever yeah like nick will still have to go through that intersection if he has to go certain places but yeah. it's not like you want to force yourself to do that and i want you to pay so slow down balance keeps me stable like keep a stable life stay regular but look i didn't mention this i'm going to go way over this segment i didn't mention this but this is pretty important when people yeah. ask me about anxiety and this is therapy uh, with Tom 101 here. When they ask me about anxiety, I tell them, pay attention to what the anxiety is. What's the thing that started it? What just happened that gave you anxiety? That's number one. Number two, you want to look at, is it real or not? Sometimes the boogeyman is perceived, right? The boogeyman is not real, but it can seem like it's real. So there's a difference between, I have the hiccups. They are real. They're an actual thing that's happening to me. And there's a difference with that and the boogeyman, which is I know you feel a lot of that stress and pressure, but it's not actually real. So what is the stress that's triggered anxiety? Is it real or not? And then the third piece is what can I do about it? What kind of thing with my own control can I do to help the situation? And with the boogeyman, it might be to call out to their parent. It might be to read a book in bed. If it's a child, you know, it might be to listen to some music. If it's a car accident, like you said, it might be to just drive a different way or drive slower when you go through that area again, if you have to go through it. There are tangible things you can do to actually get control back. And that's what it's about is feeling in control because your body, when it has anxiety, it doesn't matter if it's real or not as far as what happened. It sees it as real. I've seen people who feel like they have a brain tumor and they don't actually have a brain tumor because they've been scanned for years, years, yeah. but their symptoms exactly like yeah. it the pressure points the body yeah. stress oh my goodness that's a, it's insane that's a, yeah we could go on go and on, on all day one thing i really liked what you just said is i learned i took a coaching class this last semester um shout out if anybody in my coaching class is watching probably not um but i took a coaching class and i learned about all kinds of uh self motive like not self motivation yes and how you get motivated uh -huh. And one of the things I learned was I did self-determination was one of the things I, I uh, did a project on. And one of the things I learned in that is it's all about your autonomy and how you feel about a certain situation. Yes. If you feel 
like that you can do it and you like believe in yourself that's the yep. biggest motivator ever all right well we're back um y'all can't y'all probably don't notice anything because i just cut it but we've been uh working with the camera i don't know what happened maybe like a wi-fi surge or something See, but we were just we're talking about the dangers of technology exactly there, and here are the dangers yep. we're flowing we're doing a podcast all of a sudden things glitch out and we've got nothing luckily i saw it because it could have gone i think it only lasted for like 10 seconds or so but yeah nick's staring at the screen i, I can't see the screen but nick is looking at and he's like, um, we're frozen on the screen, yeah. but the camera was still looking like it was on. It was crazy. Yeah. Our volume should have, um, still kept going anyway. Anyway, we were finishing anxiety. So, and we got through yeah, we that got whole segment. Yep. So we've we moved on to yeah. the next, which I don't even know what it is. All this right. is a mystery to me, which I love. Just love this. Well, now we're going to get into some questions that y'all have asked. So like I said, at the beginning yes. of this episode, if you go to our community tab and just keep watching it. Every now and then we'll, we ask questions for our podcast. So we'll be like, hey, we need some questions for the podcast. Um, just let us know any questions you have. So if you were one, uh, if you want a question answered, that might be the best place to do it. So we're going to get into some questions now. The first one coming from W. 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 I love W. Whataburger. That's a win, right? Or a win. Uh, Whataburger. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm hungry right now. So that's what I'm thinking about. No anyway. kidding. So this is a really cool question. All right, w. He says he I can't tell if it's a he or she. This person said that if you had the chance to ask Juice World one question, what would it be? No, he's not here anymore, but if you did. Man, W, that is a great question. If I was restricted to just one. Okay. Here's probably what I would ask off the top of my head. Because I'd want to know about how he creates, how he thinks, and all that stuff, but I wouldn't go there. My one question, which I think would help people in the future and help everybody that is a follower or a fan of his, is what do you feel like needed to happen earlier in your life that would have made everything turn out better for you? In other words, this would be an expanded question, right? How did things go in your childhood? that created this today where I think he would admit like, man, I'm stuck. I'm in a habit of, of using and my lifestyle, it's not healthy all the time. But if I had him really honest with me and no defensiveness and no uh, denial, what is it you feel like honestly? Because he didn't have control of that when he grew up. He was there just trying to, you know, be a kid and grow up and, and live a life. And he did, and he was so young as he became famous. What do you feel like needed to happen earlier in your life that would have made things turn out differently? And I think it would probably be something around the way people saw him or labeled him or mistreated him or cast him aside or made him feel not important and didn't deal with the mental health inside of juice early on. I think from all the children I've seen in life that if I had dealt with, when I deal with children younger, there's a way better chance of success with their future life. So what would have needed to happen earlier in your life to make things turn out differently? That's my question. Dang. That's a pretty what a cool great answer. question. That is a great question. Next one comes from constant E dot F dot. All right. Um, can you react to some tech nine soon? Tech nine. Well, I mean, I'm going to turn that one over to Nick, yeah. but I will say this. I would like to react to some tech nine, but I'm afraid because I don't know what's coming. So Nick's the one that will know what's coming. And I want very much to react. I really like to react to anybody, but I don't like, this is where anxiety kicks in. The level of expectation I feel from everybody out there, even though you're not judging me and you're not expect, I feel a level of expectation out there from everybody that I need to get it, understand it and really be on it. And I'm not always there. Yeah. So you answer. Yeah, I know Tech Nine will be coming out very soon. It might have already come out when this. I probably is a couple weeks after this one comes out on YouTube. See, but I know that there's an NF song that has Tech Nine on it that Tom will react okay. to. Okay, so he hasn't yet. So, but so I know. Do Tech Nine. I know it's coming very soon. Yeah. Um, the next question. Let's just go into this one. Do you wait? Where is it? Yeah. Do you listen to Juice in your spare time? I think obviously you kind of answered that last time. But All the time. If you go to the Reaction Therapy official channel on Spotify, it is up to date today. Every day it gets updated with the current song. It's over 15 hours long now. And it's got every song on YouTube that we've reacted to. 
It's 230 songs or something at this point. And I listen to it all the time. And that's heavy loaded with juice, I know. But yes, I do. I listen to the juice world that we have reacted to. I don't listen to any juice world. If it comes on or up or around or on YouTube, I don't look at anything I haven't reacted to. Even so much as Nick creates his own Spotify playlist every month and has new songs on it. Yeah, I got to do that almost at the beginning of June. Yeah, so on the first of every month, he does that, even when he was away at college. And that's had songs where he said, take these four songs off and don't listen to them because we might react to those. So Juice World all the time, love it. I can't get enough. There's certain ones I love more than others, (laughs) but I always love because it makes me remember what we've done. Yeah. Um, Next question, a very simple one. How's life? How's life? Life is that one very... comes from Kid OXY. Oh, hey, kid. How you doing? Life is good. Life is very full right now. I'm a very transparent, honest person. So I'm not just going to say, I'm doing great. It's amazing. Everything's awesome. Because there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of pressure, especially transitioning from the spring into summer with clients that I see. Things are very full all the time at work. They have been. I feel very blessed and, and just so thankful have the work that I do every day. And I'm a little bit different than other YouTube influencers, right? Because I have a career and I've had a career for 25 years that I've done. It sustains me. It's helped me raise my family and have a great life. And this isn't something I expected. And I didn't go into YouTube saying, Hey, I want to go make a career in YouTube. And it could end up being that where I do a lot more YouTube than I do in my practice. But I have a full job over there that I have to do with seeing clients every day in my office. A lot of high stress. There's been a lot of stress lately. So when I say life is full, what I mean is I have my regular life (laughs) with my job. Nick's home, which is great. All of us are here right now and summer's here, which is great. But we also have reaction therapy, which creates its own schedule. And people do say slow down, which I think we do, but we have expectations on ourselves to put out a high quality product and do our best. And I think we do it very steadily because I think that's important. But I also think we see other things for reaction therapy. Like I said, we saw this podcast months ago before we actually created it. And we see interviewing artists and other people in the music industry way ahead of time. And so we have plans that are beyond even right now that I think are really cool. And we, we have high expectations for ourselves, yeah, totally. but we also have fun. We relax. We were out swimming yeah. yesterday, hanging out, having a good time, playing basketball in the pool. And it was great. Yeah. So we do it all that way, but life is good for me. It's full. It's a lot of pressure. There's not much time for wiggle room, but you know what happens when that goes down? I do less of the unnecessary stuff. When you talk about like, when we have a bunch of time on our hands and we kind of waste time, whether it's yeah. social media or something else, is less time to do all of that. So what about you? You know, I'm life? life is pretty good for me. It's a weird transition kind of phase yes. for me. I just got out of college and um, not really knowing how reaction therapy is going to go, being hopeful about it, but also trying to be realistic with what do I need to do? Do I need to get a different job, which is sad? I know uh, if you all want me to keep this job, Patreon is the best place to yes. do that. I'll say that. Uh, just subscribe to or Patreon. Or if you want me to not do my job or anymore. If you, or if you right. want this to crash and burn, just, be so just do nothing. Anyway. Go but yeah, history. I, We'd be, I would love, I love anything at this point. I love doing what we're doing, but I also love what we've created to this point. If it wasn't even past today, it's been yeah. so fun. No, I totally agree. And wow. yeah. Um, yeah, and that's what you said after the 5K live stream too. You're like, if we're we're done now, then but it just keeps going, and we're gonna do it until the Lord tells us stop. That's so, right. Anyway, stop to the Lord. Tell me. Yeah, exactly. NF. Uh, that is. Was that enough? That was enough. Yeah. That was enough. Okay. I'm, I ain't quitting to the Lord. Tell me. That's true. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, so with our Q and A segment, not as many questions today. But, you know, we're kind of running short on time. so we'll Yeah, I took up time. a lot of this time today. Okay, I told, I told you Tom would go for a while. but you I'm know, ready to do it again good. next time and next time. I just don't want to bore y'all with always Tom on his mental no, health topics. But no, we I have mean, so many we can do. I think this will help a lot of people today. Yeah, I think I this, so. this is a good one to start off with. So. Anyway, so speaking of helping people out, we have a segment on the show called Tom's Inspirational Quote <laughs> of the Podcast. So... What is your inspirational quote today? You know, I thought about it, and especially because you surprised me last time with this, and I wasn't expecting it. So I'm trying to think of quotes. I always try to think of quotes that aren't mine. I mean, sorry, that are mine. I don't want to think of quotes that aren't mine. 
because uh, I can think of really wise quotes, but I want to think of things Tom would say, like things that have come from me. And the initial thought that came in my brain today was not a quote, it was a question. And so I'm going to go with that. Just what the heck, right? And my question to you is, what are you going to do that makes tomorrow better than things were today? So just think of that for a minute. And you might say, today was a great day. I want tomorrow to be just like today. Then how are you going to make tomorrow the same as today? If today was a terrible day and you think this is just it, I'm stuck, nothing's going to make it better. You can make tomorrow better than today. So what are you going to do tomorrow that makes it better than today? And if you sit down, I want you to write that down, type it in your phone, log it in your head. Because I promise you, problems are going to happen. Stress is going to happen. Things are going to get thrown off course. It's not always going to be easy. So what am I going to do? Be more patient. Be more hopeful. Be more encouraging. Talk to people. Reach out. I don't want to give you all the answers because you can't use any of those now. I want you to think of your own answer. Really reflect. How was today? And how can tomorrow? What can I do? What can I do? Not just crossing your hands and hoping things will be better tomorrow. What can I do tomorrow that will make things better than they were today yeah um that putting bars right there bars. um you're talking about bars and songs so it's bars right there but yeah that brings me back to my coaching class i guess i learned a lot from that class yes. i learned about goal setting in that class and how you need to have goals that are attainable and like you know you can get them oh. like they're not out of reach they're things you know you can do and that's just like what you saying that what can you do like what can you you know you can do to help yourself yeah and that's huge i mean a lot of people i feel like oh i can't do it it's like find things you can do like even if people say oh i can't do this i can't do that well what's something that you could yeah. do to help you out even yeah. if it's not exactly what you need you can always find things that you can do to help yourself out yeah so. so true so true well said nick yeah um so that is basically the end of our podcast. So fun. What, Having a blast. Any closing announcements, anything you want to let the people know about? Closing announcements. We have more and more to come. I promise you we have a variety of artists. We are switching schedules up. We are doing new things. Just like I had so much fun this weekend when we did two live streams. Yeah. One that was a spur of the moment. We popped in there and just reacted to a few songs. And one was a live stream where we got requests from people on Patreon and did those on a live stream. And it's allowing us to do more music than we do recorded yeah, now. It's so true. fun. It is fun. It's a lot of fun. I got in. If you want to see it, I actually got into one of them and uh, reacted That's with right. Uh, uh That was interesting. I'm not, I'm not I, a good reactor. I'll say that. But we it was reacted fun. <laughs> together, yeah. and I had a blast doing that. It was really fun. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, if you want to see more things like that, let us know for sure because... You know, I think live streams are just really fun. You well, get to talk with people and it's really fun. That is so true. Yeah. We get to talk to everybody we never get to talk to. I get to do these reactions, right? And I'm talking to you, but there's no response. Yeah. And same with you planning the schedule and doing everything, editing behind the scenes. We don't get interaction, but on a live stream, we get to hear from people. It's like, oh, there we see people that we see all the time in the comments and it's so fun. Yeah, Thank just, you. just the community we've be. uh, What's the word? The community we've become to like be a part of, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's so cool to see to see people day after day in the comments is yep. just one of the coolest Such things. Such a family. And it really has turned into a family. It's a big family, but it's yeah. definitely no turned kidding. into a family. Um, yeah, the last thing I'll say is definitely if you want extra content, go check out the Patreon. See yep. what you like there. If you like it, great, then subscribe. But if not, then right down here. Yeah, it's right down there. Kind of, yeah. And um, and also on the links that are up here. Yep. This way. There you go. TikTok, Instagram, Patreon. So yeah, my hand didn't really do that. I do well, want to but. say this as opposed they did a really good job with that. That's pretty good. I want to say this that we really are thankful. I say it on the videos, Absolutely. but Nick doesn't get a chance to say it because he's behind the scenes with that. But we really talk every day about how cool this is, how fun this is, how meaningful this is that we can bring mental health to the world through number one, my skill and knowledge and experience that I've had in life. And number two, our collaboration of putting videos together and making them fun and entertaining, but also powerful. And we really want to keep doing that. So we are grateful to you that you would support, subscribe, uh, leave comments and insight and you know be a cheerleader for what we do we are thankful beyond everything thank you yeah, very much totally agree with that so i think that will do it for today's awesome. episode 
uh like like we said um at the beginning there's an extra episode of this one that is on patreon so if you're watching this on youtube it is already on patreon if you were watching this on patreon it will be coming out in a couple days so that's right be looking forward to that and i think that's it and we'll see you on the next reaction, reaction therapy. therapy podcast on the podcast that's right